Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 341, the story of the disappearing Arkansas turkey. And I am your co-host, and the guy who woke up this morning at 4 15 in a pool of tears and i'm your co-host and the guy who found a runner turkey that he actually liked oh really yeah few and far between i mean you liked him enough to give him a ride around in your car i did but what i liked about him i struck this turkey a mile back and i parked my car on a gravel road and he came in gobbling circled me at 60 yards this was in montana circled me at 60 yards just out of range fully visible and then took out down the ridge that i'd walked down up over all these mountains and i ended up shooting him 50 steps from the front of my car on the road that i parked on wow so he was really nice he did everything except walk to the car and get in it for me (laughs) (laughs) but he did everything else (laughs) is that like i'm dead serious first gobble he was a mile away and ended up 50 yards in front of the car when i shot him 
Well, so that leads me to ask the question, is there really such a thing as a runner Miriams? Because yeah, they're, they're all, all runners. runners. Yeah, I don't I don't understand his he came in, circles me at sixty, and then just took out. Like I was literally jogging to keep up with him. He was just gobbling over his shoulder running away from me and then he finally t- he stopped on that road and started strutting and that's where i killed him yeah so yeah Merriam's they're just they cover some freaking ground but it was really nice of him because i was like man that was a much easier mile walk without 20 pounds over my shoulder and you know still got him yeah that's what true. are you still sulking about your season being over until michigan i am still sulking because we're I, I don't blame you 316 days, 11 hours, 33 minutes, and 52 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. Well, if you head up north, it's still open for four more days and 55 minutes, but not much longer. Yeah, that doesn't benefit me a whole lot because I just don't see how I'm going to be able to get up there in the next four days and hunt. Oh, good. They don't need to be killed anymore. So, But it's almost over. I'm done in Tennessee because I'm still on the road headed to Wyoming right now. All right. Yep. Well, hopefully I'll see a picture of a dead turkey in Wyoming first thing in the morning, and then you'll just load up and go on to Colorado. That would be ideal because that would be a bonus. I had a three-state swing plan, Iowa, Montana, Wyoming, and we're already going to be in Wyoming by Wednesday morning, which is nice. So mm-hmm. plenty of time to get it done with Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday morning. So four days should be ample time. And if I hadn't got him by then, then probably need to move on anyway. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. I pretty much figured out if you're not three days in, if you're not having mm-hmm. much luck, it, you're probably not in the right spot. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah, unless you're just getting whooped by one bird and you're, you know, stubborn about it kind of thing. On Which, these trips, so you can't be stubborn. You've got to be flexible and you've got to be Yep, got to find a, got to find the right turkey that's ready yeah. to go quick. Yeah. That's right. And Arkansas, which we're going to discuss today, was not the right turkey potentially. Well, I found the right turkey, or maybe I should say the right turkey found me. Well, let's back up. You found a turkey in Arkansas, so at that point, you stick with it. (laughs) Well, there's some truth to that now. Yeah. Yeah. What we just said about finding the right turkey and moving on does not apply with uh, Arkansas or Louisiana, potentially. Correct. You have slim picking, so you find a bird, you stick with that bird. Yeah, and I might even add Delaware on that list as well. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. I just... Those, yeah. those were easy, too, to go with, and you've had experience in Delaware, so now we know. Yeah, no doubt. So, yeah, yeah we I've got a story from last season for you guys today, and this is the story of the disappearing Arkansas turkey. And I'm excited for this one, man, because you've hyped it up a couple times on the podcast before. You said, oh, the Arkansas story is so cool. Oh, it. Uh, you know, I got to listen to the whole hunt again for this show because, you know, we have to cut out the stuff where I'm sitting yeah. there and you can hear me burping and farting, you know, that kind of <laughs> stuff. Most of that stuff gets cut out. Now, some of it gets left in there yeah, by accident, not on purpose. So, yeah, I got to listen to it over again and it just, it brought back all those same emotions. Again. Oh, man. And... 
I'm sure I'll wake up tomorrow morning in a pool of tears, but it may not be, be because Alabama's season's so far out. It might be just because of this Arkansas hunt. <laughs> Do you remember those dirties? <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, so let's jump in and just let me kind of lead yeah, into the, the hunt. Yeah, yeah, and because I haven't heard the story either, so this is my first time and the listener's first time. So yeah, take so, us in. All right, so my buddy Chip and I are in Arkansas last year, COVID year, and we found an area that had I don't know two or three goblin birds in it, and of course, just like Cameron said, when you find that in Arkansas, you stay in that area, you don't go anywhere, and you know. One thing about Arkansas that I can say is that they are making some improvements to their habitat. They're doing some habitat management stuff there that Good. I think is going to help out with their turkey population. Yeah, and that and the restrictive bag limits and things like that. Restrictive bag limits, pushing the season back like they did this yeah. season, Oh yeah, I think is going to help a lot. So yep. last year we're there, middle of April and found these turkeys one particular turkey had a bad habit of doing the same thing a couple of days in a row and so he was on the radar screen big time oh yeah and he liked to fly down from the hillside walk down into the bottom now he wouldn't gobble much on the roost but when he'd fly down he'd gobble a little bit down in this little creek bottom and then on the opposite side of the hill where he would roost was a fresh select cut. Really, it's almost a clear cut, but it's got some seed trees in it. A few, not many. Yeah, real sparse. Yeah. And he liked to get on the, I'm not even going to say the edge, he liked to get about 50, 75 yards inside that cut and walk below the little roll in the hill and gobble and gobble and gobble. And he gobbled very well. So Chip and I got in there one morning on him, and I thought that I was that he was dead. I thought I was going to kill him that morning. I had him at about thirty yards, but there were of the of the few seed trees in that select cut, there were three between me and him, and they were stacked like <laughs> one, two, three at an angle. He came up behind those. He gobbled. Probably, you know, I'm going to say it was 30 yards. It was probably, in all actuality, 40 yards. And turned, walked away. I never saw him walk back below the roll in that hill and continue to gobble. And I never could get positioned around in that cut or in the edge of the woods to where I could see him. So that morning, that bird got to move on and go about his business for the day instead of going for a ride in my pickup truck. So the next day... We're back in the same area at daylight, and the turkey does not roost on the same hill that he roosted on the next morning, but he's not far from it. And so I kind of figured he's going to end up right back down in that same little creek bottom and then work his way back into that select cut, and sure enough, he did. And he gobbled pretty well, and so I set up in about the same area that I did the morning before, but I got at a little bit different angle thinking if he comes up to that same spot where he did yesterday morning, where he was 30 or 40 yards from me and gobbled, I'll be able to see him and that'll be his last move. So Excellent. 
seems like a foolproof plan. Oh, it's work. yeah. I mean, when it comes to turkey hunting, they're all foolproof. <laughs> I'm sure he did exactly what you wanted him to do. He did. He he read the script that night, studied it, practiced it, and the next morning did not do what I wanted him to do. The execution just wasn't there. No, no. But he said that he practiced. That's what he was telling me when he was gobbled. So we're going to pick up with a little bit of audio, and I'm just going to play some of the audio of this bird in the select cut gobbling. And if you listen very closely, the closest bird that you hear gobble is the bird in the select cut. If you listen very closely, you can hear one off in the distance gobble, who uh, I'm not going to spoil this, but I'm just going to say we're going to get to know pretty well here in a minute. So you guys (laughs) listen in to just this few minutes of this audio and then i'm going to come back and kind of set you up from here and i probably i left out something important here so at this stage of the hunt at this stage of the morning chip and i have split up okay chip with his excellent hearing has come to the conclusion that this bird that's in the select cut that we hunted the morning before and i am now by myself hunting, Chip is determined that that bird is down in the creek bottom. So I tell him, go on, go hunt the bird in the creek bottom. Me and Cameron and everyone listening to this now know there was no bird in the creek bottom. He was in the select cut gobbling. So Chip's down in the bottom by himself. I'm okay with that. (laughs) So we're going to pick up with the audio right now. (laughs) I love the guy, but he is stubborn hard-headed as they come and when you can't hear you can't do that you can't be that way <laughs> so, <laughs> so you finally just said go on him man you go got him wear him out good luck <laughs> <laughs> so anyway you guys listen in and we'll see you in a few minutes
All right. So I queued up bird number one for you. Gave you a little history yep. on bird number one. That's the bird in the select cut. Bird number two, who has just introduced himself to us from a distance. and Yeah, about how far do you think? I'm going to guess he's probably 400 yards away. Wow, ways in there. He's a good ways off. And I don't even, when I hear a bird gobble that far off, I don't even think anything about it. Because yeah. who knows what that bird's gobbling at. Yeah, no telling. Well, I can tell you what this one was gobbling at. He was gobbling at that sweet little hen sitting on the side of the hill on the edge of that select cut who was talking to the bird that was standing in the select cut gobbling. Yep. So he starts to approach. And I'm going to just get right back into the audio because really I'm kind of describing what's going on. I'm narrating the hunt as it's happening. So listen into this and we'll come back here in just, I don't know, 10 minutes or so and I'll fill you in on what's going to happen at the next part of the hunt. Sounds good.
right. So as you can tell, those gobbles that were way far off are now so for bird number anymore. two. They're not so far anymore. They're louder and louder, and this bird is gobbling and drumming and coming. And the whole time I'm sitting there with my gun pointed towards bird, one. bird number one. How far is bird one at this point? He's really not even moved. He's 50 yards, 60 yards, but he's just over the roll. Below the roll in the hill. Man. And I'm, I'm thinking all along, bird number two is going to bird number one. Yeah, or bird number one's going to get jealous that bird number two's coming so hot and come on up there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So here I am in my mind. I've got this laid out. I just need to tell the two actors what they need to do. And they just need to obey me and and do as I say. Yeah. And, and one of feel, them gets to live, you know. Yeah, that's right. Good deal. And I'll feel a tag in Arkansas and not ever have to come back ever, ever, <laughs> ever, ever again to turkey Excellent. hunt. Yeah. So, and it's a beautiful state, by the way. I will go back to visit, but maybe not to turkey hunt again. So yeah, unless, unless something changes. Exactly. So. But continue, yeah. Bird number two is trucking on along, and I'm thinking, you know, and, and with that terrain, my worry is bird number two is going to go below the roll out into that select cut, and I'm not going to see him as he comes by me. But I'm thinking even if that happens after the showdown happens in the select yeah. cut or after they determine, hey. Old friend. Yeah, come on. There's a girl right up here on the hill. Let's go see her. Then you, buddy. I'm in a great position. Yeah. So I'm worried about the terrain with bird number two. I'm unsure about what bird number two is going to do as far as, you know, is is he going to go to bird number one? Are they going to duke it out? Are they going to buddy up? Is bird number one going to get jealous of bird number two and come right on up the hill, pop his head up there, and let that be his last act? I just... I don't know what's going what's going to happen, what's going on. So bird number one, still hanging out there in the select cut. Bird number two, trucking my direction. And let's just jump on in and finish this hunt out. Oh, all right.
caught the wave up. That turkey could not have been 10 feet from me. Scared this other turkey off. The other turkey's on the other ridge where Chip is. I hope still is. Somebody needs to kill a turkey today. So evidently that turkey came up behind me was gobbling and drumming, saw me. There was no putting. There was nothing. He just took off and flew. So close oh god <laughs> <laughs> well if the microphone had been turned towards bird number two when he was standing behind me at nine feet wow. and gobbled i think it may have blown the microphone up yeah that is awesome and how he did not see me jump when he gobbled <laughs> i will never know because he stuck around for i don't know 60 seconds after he gobbled before you could hear the wing flaps and yeah, that what? joker he took off flying what in the world Sta i mean he's standing dead behind me where that hen was calling him that hen being me yeah from the last location before i moved up to another tree to get a little bit better position on bird one Yep. And that joker comes up there, stands where I was last calling, drums gobbles. and yeah. gobbles. And I'm sitting there, I mean, dead behind me. And I'm thinking, I've got, even if I wanted to swing on him, my old yeah. decrepit body will not allow me to bend <laughs> the way that I need to bend to swing on him. And... I know what's going to happen. He's gone. So my only hope is that I can sit there long enough for him to walk past, you, yeah. past me in one direction or the other. And that didn't happen. He realized that that stump that jumped when he gobbled and is sitting there with the heart beating no outside of it is not really a stump. Yeah. And he got out of Dodge via first class airfare. He flew. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty uncharacteristic man like that's crazy he flew away from me uphill to get away from me yeah you do not see that hardly ever i mean the only times i ever really see gobblers fly is when they can just pitch off the side and sail off mm -hmm. you don't they don't like to fly I mean, that's a lot of body weight he's got to get up in those wings i don't think they like to fly too much so that he oh boy played the game i think he's played that game before and i think i probably hurt his feelings in that I tricked him and that he yeah. had gotten that close to that stump. And he was like, I'm getting out of here. I mean, it was, it's one of those hunts that I, I played out in my head. At some point in time, that bird, instead of walking the beeline towards bird number one, angled up towards me. And had I just gone ahead and turned around that tree that I was leaning against, I would have, uh, 
I'm, I would have shot at him. I'm not going to say I would have killed him because, you know, I like to shoot a bunch. But all I had to do was turn and get around the other side of that tree. But I still, in my mind, thought that bird number two was going to bird number one and something, some sort of a showdown or meetup was going to happen there. And then I'd get an opportunity from that point. But I can't recall when I've ever been working a bird, bird number one, and had a second bird just come right in from a different direction and not try to meet up or fight the bird that I was working and just come straight into me like bird number two did on this hunt. So that was interesting for me. Yeah, I mean, that is crazy because you would have expected him to approach the other gobbler in some capacity. If he can't, he knows the other one's there, you know, he came all that way. I know that's the weirdest thing to me because one of those two birds you would think is the more dominant bird and would know kind of the program for that particular little territory. And it's not like we're hunting, oh, Missouri 20 years ago where, you know, there'd be 15, 20 toms running around on one piece of property and, you know, they were constantly all day, every day. Yeah, all season long jockeying for position. But turkey number two thought he was the man, and turkey number one was still gobbling down there, holding his ground. Yeah, so they both just kind of, I guess maybe both of them were saying, come on to me. Neither of them wanted to break. I don't know. That's crazy. I have no earthly idea. So Yeah, but that's an interesting story for sure, especially the way he flew off like that. That really interests me because that is a tactic you don't hear of him using much. Yeah, it was an interesting hunt for sure and it was an awesome hunt you know i mean (laughs) you got what you wanted you just didn't get everything you wanted it's not that final piece that's right yep so dang it was cool and you know i'm kind of semi but not really kidding about never going back to arkansas to turkey hunt when i do finally kill there because I, i i really do like Oh, it's beautiful the over there. Yeah, and it's and it's beautiful, and the, I mean, the country's beautiful. The people are nice. The turkeys do gobble. There's just not many yeah. of them. Yeah. And, you know, therein lies the you know, challenge. You've been twice, and I went once. Well, I've been twice, too, but I hunted a different area the second time. But I mean, I've, we've found a bird at least both times. You know, it's not like it's mm-hmm. barren. So we were able to find a bird, but, you know, you, I don't think you're going to go hear 10 birds. <laughs> No. If you do, send me those digits. Not unless you're going to stay for about two weeks and go hunt different areas every single day. Then you might hear 10 birds. Yeah. Yeah. If you're lucky. If you're lucky and the weather's good. And that was, you know, another issue that you and I had on a good part of of the trip that we were on that first year was the weather. Yeah. That really screwed us. That's the same issue with Chip. I mean, we had a, a day where the wind was blowing 20, 25 miles an hour and you just... I mean, you go and hunt. Yeah, well, Ryan and I, I got Ryan, he killed a gobbler in Iowa, and no joke, the wind was blowing 30 to 40 mile an hour. It was, I've never killed a turkey in anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. And it was like pouring rain, so it was just a nuts hunt. But you just got to go. You're not going to kill him sitting at the house. But that is so true. Wind, wind is definitely the, the bane of turkey hunting. I would, I'll take rain all day if it's just not windy. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No so, doubt. Well, I'm cool story cool. for sure. Even though no shots were fired, I think that was a really unique and interesting situation that 
you'll remember for a long time. And, you know, it's just, that's not going to happen to you every season, you know? <laughs> I was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in 25, 26, 28 years, however long I've been turkey hunting, that's the first time that's ever happened to me. Dang, you started turkey hunting when you were 50? Yeah, sure did. I got a little <laughs> late start, but, you know, I'm, I'm gradually learning a little bit now that I'm in my upper 70s. Yeah, just giving you a hard time, I as always. I can take it. doesn't doesn't phase uh, me at all. I told somebody last night I went out and, and for a little business function, and these two people were talking about how much older their spouses are than them, and their spouses were there. And my spouse, Tammy, was not there. And so I said, yeah, my spouse, I said, I'm, I'm 25 years older than my wife. And they all looked at me, and they said... <laughs> what there's not no no tammy's not 25 years younger than you i said well that's what she tells me and i have no reason to doubt her oh lord <laughs> oh me that's hilarious yeah so uh, anyway hey you know, she looks it though that's all that matters no that's exactly right that's exactly yeah. right so yep and you know i feel sorry for her because she has me <laughs> she has me (laughs) Me yeah i mean i I think about it all the time how bad i feel for her but but i I think i look good to be in my mid-60s hey i think so too yeah it's a shame i'm 50 yeah well you got a good podcasting voice that's all that matters oh well thank you you're you're so sweet (laughs) bless your heart So what do you say we talk a little bit about the giveaway? You know, I've still not dug around in the treasure trove of turkey hunting stuff to figure out what we're going to give away. I do know that I have a decoy down there that I need to give away. It's brand new in a box. So I do know that's one thing, and I'm sure that there's a couple of turkey calls as well. So we may give away to two or three people who send us receipts from their order from the real Cajun market. What do you think about that instead of just doing one? Or would you rather do one big giveaway? Well, the grand Let's do two. Let's do a grand prize and a second drawing prize that'll be a smaller prize. But you've got two options to win to do that. It's the real Cajun market. They have sausages that are handmade from a little chef, unbelievable combinations. His name's Cullen Lord, and he cooked. You literally get them shipped to your door in a freezer pack. You can throw it in the microwave. You can throw it in the skillet. It's ready to eat cold if you want it, you know. So to do that, you can contact him on Facebook on the Real Cajun Market's page. I believe he's also on Instagram, the Real Cajun Market, or Cullen Lord. Or you can call his wife, Ann. How do you do that, Andy? So you can reach Ann at... 678-471-1150 and then that way once you do that to enter our giveaway all you have to do is somehow some way send a copy of the receipt to andy or myself social media my social media is the gobfather 49 gob father 49 or you can contact us on our facebook page the turkey hunter podcast or email us so any of those options will work you can snail mail me you can mail you can show up to my house with it whatever you want to do just get us a copy i'll tell you what would be even better just show up at cameron's favorite turkey hunting spot with your receipt that won't happen (laughs) you will not be entered into the contest at that stage (laughs) 
<laughs> and you may not ever be seen again. <laughs> <laughs> you won't even get to enjoy your sausage. Okay, so don't do that. Don't show up at Cameron's yeah. favorite turkey hunting spot with your receipt in order to, to enter the contest. But yeah, do that. You guys, I'm serious, you will not be disappointed with your order and the fine meats that you're getting from the real Cajun market. Oh, yeah. And it's grilling season, and there's no better appetizer in the world, or even meal for that matter. Than... You throw one of those on there, uh, when you have some guests over, they're going to be like, whoa where'd you get this because it is a whole new level so and he has i believe crab cakes and some other things as well that they do all cajun food so check him out give him a call and see what you want because it's it's good stuff no doubt yes indeed so let's wrap this thing up let's get you out in the woods and you know you're please do because i'm about to be over the mountain and off the grid looking at a big herd of pronghorn right now so all right yeah you're cutting out on us a little bit there just a couple of minutes ago when you were talking about culling but we we know where you are and we're gonna cut you loose just like the rest of the listeners let everybody get on with their week so thank you guys so much for tuning in this week we know that you have choices we appreciate you spending your time with us we hope you have a wonderful week and we look forward to seeing you again next week goodbye goodbye good luck cameron Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.